Welcome to the Perimenopause Power Podcast. We are Lisa and Natalie, two certified holistic health coaches passionate about helping women embrace their physiology to elevate their highest potential for confidence, health and energy. Perimenopause will be unique to you and each episode gives you the power in knowing that you can define your own journey. Let's get into today's episode. Well, hello everyone and welcome to the next episode of Perimenopause Power. We've got a beautiful uh, guest speaker joining us today. Her name is Liliana Bravo and Liliana runs Casa Bonita, which is a beautiful shop that I visited recently. It has so many wonderful things there in Melbourne. Casa Bonita is a reflection of Liliana's heart for both the local communities here in Melbourne but also for the women and families that she supports the work of back in Colombia. Liliana arrived in Australia from Colombia just over 16 years ago and settled in West Footscray. From there, she became part of a mother's group and joined local Facebook groups for mums so she could meet new people in her area. What a great idea, best way to meet people. And it was through this experience that Liliana became inspired to help women who were just like her to find a home in Australia, but also create opportunities for the women who might not know where to start. So welcome, Liliana. We're delighted to have you here with us today. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Natalie. It's such an exciting opportunity to be with you and to be talking about the topics that I'm really, really passionate about. Fabulous. We can't wait to hear what you've got to share with us. And hello, Natalie. Hello, Lise. Hi, Liliana. Thank you so much for coming. <laughs> so, Liliana, we've just had a little sneak peek of your beautiful accent. I could hear, I could just listen to you talk. So, Let's uh, go from the start and you, I've already hinted that you've got an amazing story to share. So please tell us, who is Liliana Bravo? Oh my God, what a question. <laughs> Liliana Bravo, uh, so I am from Colombia, uh, South America, and I've been in Australia over uh, 16 years. I came as an international student with no English. Um, I, I paid for a short course of six months that didn't go well so I was not going to go back to Colombia not speaking the level of English I wanted so on that I took a, uh, other English courses with academic purposes and a double master's and from then I just started my then I met my husband here in Australia and I have my kids um, saying that I did feel Australia as my home from the, the first day I arrived and I went to the CBD. I, uh, I felt safe. I felt um, I like it to be anonymous in a, in a way. Um, and I, yeah, I guess the having freedom of speech, having the scene, the multiculturalism is something that I fall in love with. Um, and yeah, that, that, that's how I came to Australia. 10 years working at a large publisher, uh, working in uh, distribution. And I've always been very passionate about uh, my culture, uh, my carnivals in Colombia, and having my kids here. How, how are they going to feel that, no? The cultural mm. part. Then having also my kids, I experience that it's no matter where you are, uh, being a mom, I'm looking for uh, flexible working arrangements. It's always going to be hard. And and. Yeah, so, so, so many, so many things happened as well. Um, there was a tragedy in my family that in a way put me, I felt that I had 
to hide from the world. And then after three years, part of my, um, uh, of my journey, I just came out. And this is who I am now, someone who has a voice, someone who loves sharing what I've learned and nothing is going to stop me. Oh, wow. That's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And just as you were talking about your children and, you know, wanting to instill a sense of appreciation for Colombia and where you come from, and obviously, you know, their background as well, it took me back to my own childhood. So my dad's Croatian. He, well, essentially fled Croatia when he was 10 years old. So it's been a long time since, you know, he's lived there. But growing up, he wanted to teach us Croatian. He wanted to, you know, I guess, introduce us to Croatia and, you know, what it was but uh, you know in my naivety and in my regret you know we didn't we didn't follow suit with that my mum was Australian so we spoke English and you know I, I regret that all the time but you know subconsciously it was there because when I went and traveled to Croatia I went and spent three weeks over there by myself traveling around mm. and I just felt so connected to it they people would recognize my surname and they'd start speaking Croatian to me I couldn't say much but you know I, I still felt that so you know I guess even you just talking about Colombia even with your kids would just in, instill that sense of pride with them in them it's a it's something about cultural identity and this is something I work um, with a lot of passion because I want to pass it on. I've, I, I consider myself very successful uh, under my definition of success, <laughs> but I have, um, I have achieved many things and I was, what I do is very fulfilling. And, and I think part of that success is due to the cultural identity that I've always had since I was a little. Uh, since I was little and I want to promote that and I want my kids especially and all the kids from migrant women that are far away that have the, the uh, possibility to be proud of their identity for me it was easy because I had to go to the carnivals every year and I had to rehearse for you know three months and it was fun how is my kid here going to get that sense of folklore music yeah, you know that the dancing if, if I don't create something fun, it has to be through something that, that it is in our everyday. And that's why, um, that's how Casa Bonita came about because it's, it's about sharing culture, uh, techniques, the women who made it through homewares and fashion. Beautiful. It's funny because when you're both talking about that, I have a Maltese background and um, I shunned it a lot as a child too, Nat. I remember when I went uh, so I went there with my family when I was six years old, long time ago. I like anyway. And then <laughs> but in, back in 2000, my husband and I went back there and I remember stepping off the plane and just getting onto, onto the tarmac. And I remember thinking, oh, I feel at such peace now. I'm here. I, I feel like I'm home. So it's that it is that there's something there that's in that subconscious, I think, that really makes you very proud of your um your background and I love that you're you know you really bring it forward for your children that's fantastic you touched on a little bit uh, Casa Bonita is your business and that empowers women from cultural communities to bring their ethical and sustainable products to life to share with us how how did Casa Bonita come to be like you obviously had an idea but how did you pull it all together um, so as I mentioned before, is is Casa Bonita is, is um, Casa Bonita means a beautiful home, and mm -hmm. I found that uh, name so appropriate because 
the, I knew it was going to be a home, you know, a home where you invite friends, a home where you share food, a home where I, typical Colombian home where, uh, you know, you, you, you invite, you support your friends, hey, you, you want to help, you have parties. <laughs> so Casa Bonita is a uh, social impact business and we have two areas that we work on. One is the retail area. So we have the retail shop where we bring all our beautiful products from South America. And the other part is the Women's Empowerment Hub. So we create programs and events to support um, migrant women and women from all backgrounds that need, that want to learn with emerging businesses. And how come Sabonita started? I've always had that passion to share my culture, but then after having my kids and after looking for uh, flexible working arrangements and after everything that happened during those years with my kids and uh, having my kids and the loss in my family, I kind of like after some dark time, I should say with depression, I just needed to come out. I was creative. My kids were letting me sleep and I wanted to create a business that it will connect me with my roots initially. So that was the business. Uh, that is ethically sourcing um, uh, products made by artisans and indigenous women. After I started with that, but in the um, during the pandemic and opportunities came, and that was the pop-up shop that I am now. Uh, it was a pretty large shop, and that physical space it just became a, a women's empowerment hub because it's mm-hmm. a it's a physical space and having these values that is collaboration it is sharing culture sharing um you know women the stories of women it just happened so organically that the the it, it we started having events at the shop how, how do we share our products we need to invite people and it all ha- has happened organically so now we i run a, a program is a call call retail program and it is um directed to multicultural women or women from all backgrounds who are running emerging businesses and the benefits are uh, for instance they come and they rent out at the shop a small space they get the exposure but more importantly they come and connect with the local community they learn about what is a traders association what is a networking event so it's a really nice community it's a two-month program but it's a really nice community to just learn and have sense of belonging. And it is, I have found that it's not just for migrant women, it is actually for many women who are starting a business. Mm, yeah, beautiful. And, you know, just as you're talking, it just, it, um, I guess, is synonymous with what we're doing with this podcast, but also the work that we're doing is that sense of community, that that support, that sense of belonging. And, you know, I guess in community, there's lots of different challenges that we're all experiencing. And at some point or other, we lose that sense of belonging or we feel that we're different and experiencing different things. So, you know, it's it's so powerful that when you can have a community and, and know that you're with like-minded people, that you can talk to and and share in the experience with it's you know very very powerful yeah and and the amazing thing and I think our responsibility as leaders as business leaders is that each business is actually bringing or attracting creating one small community 
we just make it very, very open that we are a community women come here yes. <laughs> as to learn these specific things because the, the women that you are reaching, they are completely different no? to, the, to, to the women that I am reaching. So I think, um, and, and that's what I, I've learned also as uh, having a retail shop, my responsibility of having two large windows, it actually became a voice of our messages and, and having such a large shop, uh, our customers come, they learn about Colombia culture. They learn about what is, how uh, they will sometimes say, I've wanted to talk to women like you, but how do I talk? What do, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. there is that language barrier. So it is my, it's become my responsibility to offer this space, to build that bridge. Mm. Yeah, fabulous. I, I love that. And, you know, um, when we talk about perimenopause and again through this podcast, there's that that learning and that knowledge and that conversation piece that women don't have and, and they're looking for or have actually never really considered before. So we'd love to learn from you. And um, we do ask all of our guests on to talk about, you know, do you have a perimenopause story and, or, you know, what has been your experience up until this, this stage with, you know, menstrual cycles or changes in yourself? What have you noticed? And, you know, we'd love for you to, to share that with us. I love talking about this because... <laughs> start no I really love talking about this and ha having a space to talk about this because when I was um, an employee my period okay I was younger but my period just you know it, it just happened you didn't really realize but since I have become a business owner my period was really affecting me in terms of the cycle I wanted to finish with the business once a month <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this happens to many women or um but so that that's how the journey started uh really the fatigue that you know oh my god what is happening and the unknown so I started going to I needed to see a nutritionist but I someone who was uh, very um who had good knowledge in women I turned 40 uh, last year I know you, Natalie, as well. I did, mm -hmm. yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fantastic forest. And um, yeah, I just felt that I've also started my energy levels. I have to be more uh, mindful of my energy levels. And in terms of my period, but before forest, with my period, and that just that time after uh, po uh, postpartum depression and all that, my period just really, uh, it's not painful, but it is oh, the hot flashes and it's just hot you know all the time but with the business really is it was I was feeling really down during during the cycles so mm. two weeks before I'm really down I have my two weeks my good two weeks so after, after <laughs> yep. yes as soon as I have my period yep and and, and I've, it's nothing to it's not bad it's just that I've had to learn to manage it Yes. So unfortunately, my business is not at the level that I'm going to say I'm going to take two weeks off <laughs> or I'm going to decrease the workload. Uh, but at least I am mindful that I mm. am not going to take any decisions as much as I need to be creative. That is not the time to be creative. I talk to my staff. I have two staff members and I work with other contractors. Hey, I am on my negative weeks at the moment. I cannot see the light at the moment. But that is a really good period where I can actually see the problem because in my positive weeks, I don't see the problem. Mm. <laughs> it's, just, it's really hard. I'm like, no, I can fix this. So I have learned to manage those 
my cycle, I think. I am taking my uh, magnesium, you know, that, that just becomes a conversation with the friends. Maybe I need to increase my magnesium doses. <laughs> magnesium is good. You know, you talk about really about being in tune and being educated about what your body's going through so that you you're not at a you don't find yourself at a spot, I suppose, anytime now where you think, oh, you know, what the hell's going on? You know, you could probably think, okay, so where am I? Oh, yeah, yep, that makes sense. So it helps normalize it, doesn't it? Yeah, you might be going through some, you know, uncomfortable stuff, but at least you have an answer behind why it is that you might be feeling the way that you do. Yes, there was a journey to get there. Mm. Um, so yeah, many, many things. They we talking to the um, nutritionist. But finding the space as well in like Facebook groups of women, I, f- I find the Inner West has lots of groups of women who really normalize it. So I, something probably different to where I come from. And, and I talk to my mom almost every day and she goes, mm. she's amazed by how much women here, we have a voice mm. and we talk about these things. So finding just in the Facebook groups, I'm, um, I'm very shy. English is my second language. So sometimes I, I don't participate much because I don't know if what I say makes sense. Oh, but I learn all good. <laughs> when I talk, not when I write. <laughs> but when I, when I read from other women experiences, I, it's, really, it's really nice. I, I connect a lot. So that, that's one thing. Like I have found communities where this is normal. Uh, and, and as a businesswoman as well, like this is normal. The other part, I think as well, is the cultural part, um, understanding that we are not perfect, perfect women. I was very religious before, now it's changed. <laughs> uh, but I did have to, to resign a little bit with that perfect women, the, the image of that perfect mom I had. So, <laughs> and, and I worked on that with, the, um, with my nutritionist because... I don't do much exercise. I don't, I don't give myself the time I need to go for a walk because the business is, you know, it requires me. The family requires me. My husband is amazing. He's taking a lot. We share a lot of the domestic work, but still I should be putting myself first more. And, and in a way, it was interesting to see how even in Australia or in Colombia, no matter where, we actually as women, we have that, a strong chain that we put everything else first uh so i've worked on that as well to just yeah put some things aside and 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 it's me and i'm gonna now learn about me Mm, yeah so true and you know when i talk about like putting yourself first and i know you know we've had um, a me too movement for very different reasons over the past few years but it is it's like you know what i'm going to look after me as well me too you know i'm going to look after my kids and me too i'm going to look after my family and me as well you know so it's it's seen our worth as a person as a human you know, almost over us being a woman and a nurturer and a wife and a mother, you know, I'm, I'm a person and I need to look after myself because I want to be here for a long period of time. And, you know, I think as women, the beauty that we've got is we go through stages, you know, we've got our monthly cycles. We liken our monthly cycles to being four women in one month, you know, and every month we get to experience four different women. 
It's true. It is. It's very true. But we we can learn from each of those phases. And and I think, you know, what you're really highlighting is like like me, you're in your 40s, you're not not in perimenopause, but you know, you've seen changes and, and you've seen different things happen over your cycle over the years. And it's it's about coming into your body and and knowing your body so that you know when we do come into that phase, we are you know, we're, we're a lot more informed and aware that, hang on, something's shifting here. What's, you know, what's changing? Yes, um, absolutely. And, and something that I remember from, something that I have kept from uh, working with a, a nutritionist was, for instance, putting yourself first from breakfast time. So kids, you have to wait. Mommy's having a breakfast because I could never have a breakfast, right? Like just simple things like that. Mommy's having a breakfast. I'm going to eat my breakfast. <laughs> don't talk to me now or or I'll do that later so things simple things like that so yeah which is really important Mm. Mm. it's so funny and I have to laugh because until your kids turn it back on you so I've got a very sassy seven-year-old who's <laughs> very very tuned into everything and I asked her we were heading out the door and I asked her to do something to get ready or something for school and she's like oh I'm just busy at the moment I said okay that's great I said but we do need to go we've got to get to school she's like well you tell me to wait a moment because you're doing something so why can't I say that to you <laughs> couldn't argue with that like, yes but then I also said you know what I say to you that you know you're asking me to do something that you can quite easily do yourself and I always say if you're not prepared to do it yourself you just need to wait a moment till I have finished what I'm doing and then I will help you <laughs> oh there yeah and seven years old same I have a seven years old and five years old oh my god yes yep. there's seven going on 27 <laughs> or 37 or mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so um um I love what you've shared with us so far Liliana you know you, you know your business is supporting these beautiful Latin American and migrant women to help their live to help them live their best life and you've touched on a little bit um you said um your mum was surprised around the conversation that obviously flows in the inner west where you're located so the women that you're supporting or back home do you think these women support their own health or on the flip side is women's health progress in these communities an issue i think women's health is an issue i don't i don't think they actually prioritize that and i think the the cultural side one cultural side is very uh, is one strong reason why that happens so there is a conception, there is actually a really strong conception back home about, you know, the perfect woman who has uh, a perfect, beautiful body. So the aesthetic part is very important. Mm. While here in Australia, we actually know we are more about uh, body positivity and, and loving the, the, the body you have. And, and so it's very different. Um, I love my country and my culture, but there are aspects that I really don't resonate with. Mm. And, and that's one, for instance. So, yeah, becoming a mom, you needed to lose weight and or you needed to become to your, uh, or, you know, oh, to you, the body you had before. Well, here, um, no, I have, I've, I loved my journey, how here it was about, I changed. I'm a new person. My body changed. And, and it just wasn't easy, but I, it was a beautiful journey about accepting me who I am. So the, the body, the clothes, every, everything had to change. Um, I think that this is a very, um, now with migrant women, 
coming to to Australia, that is part of that um, probably challenge or journey that we have as, okay, this is a completely different culture. Mm. It is more important the, the you as a person than what someone else think about you. How beautiful is that here? Any anyone is anyone who is the director of the office. You know, the offices. In, at least in, where I was working, we had no walls. It was open plan. Well, in Colombia, it's probably different. There is uh, status, and this is very different. Um, mm. It does. It does take time to to maybe uh, settle in this new world. This is very different. But I, I, I love how here women, probably, you know, you, is, you, you are talking about it more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So very true. And, and I think what you said around, you know, there is a, there's a level of comfortableness that we have here that, you know, we can, we can be who we are and, and accept who we are and um, not have to, I guess, yeah, go back to, to life, uh, you know, pre-babies, if we use that as an example. But, <laughs> and I think what you touch on too, and, you know, I'd love to know in years to come, you know, how it serves you, but, you know, the fact that you, you know, love the journey that you went on, em- embracing your body, embracing the phase that you went through, you know, that's what we want women to really embrace as they transition through perimenopause that, you know, let's let's embrace your beautiful body and, and love your body as it is and let's give it what, what it needs. Support it love the journey that you're going on and, and see it as a stage of life that makes you who you are. So I think, yeah, what you shared there is just so beautiful. And what you both do is amazing. The, the yoga classes and everything that you guys do, I think is very important to invite us. It's a, it's a gentle way for us to start learning as well about, you know, what do we need to do? Something that I need to learn a lot is time management because mm. when you have your own business and the family and, oh, and with the economy, the way it's going, I'm finding that really challenging. But I, I, I know, you know, since we have to just keep looking at inspiring women like you both. And what do we need to do to be able to, to time manage our, mm. yeah, our priorities better? Mm, yeah, so true. Priorities do come up so, so much. So this podcast is all about power and finding, nurturing and using our personal power as we transition through life and through perimenopause. What does coming into your own power mean to you? And if you can look down the track, you know, how will you embrace and define perimenopause for you? That's that's a very, uh, very powerful question. Um, In terms of power, um, yeah, I think I'm doing it through my business. My business is a, it's a fulfilling journey and it's allowing me to find myself, myself, my voice. And I'm doing what I really love to do, which is connecting people, connecting communities, connecting South America through products with Australia. So I'm very honored that the women I work with are allowing me to do this. Yeah, supporting women. But um, it's, it's a beautiful journey that is also allowing me to, to get to know myself more, to have the time. So it's, 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 it's been just amazing what I, this journey of Casa Bonita. And, and defining my perimenopause journey, I think it's, it's, it's also, I think it's been beautiful because it's after having my kids you know, everything changed and my my whole wardrobe had to change because the hot flashes just have not stopped. <laughs> <laughs> but, and I, and I was you know, 34 at the time, but um, it all changed 
um, quite dramatically, I think, yeah, and the body. So it's been a beautiful journey, and and I just think it was a journey of learning again and and accepting myself, accepting my body, accepting the cha the challenges, changes. Um, I I do encourage everyone who is going through these changes to ask for help. I wouldn't have done it alone. Many of the women maybe is going to hear these. They are from different countries. They speak a different language. I encourage you to learn from women from Australia about this as well. Let's come out of our comfort zone of always speaking in our own language. And let's learn from these other cultures and how other women are doing things. Because uh, something I really admire is, yes, they the multiculturalism is not just countries from other cultures it's how we mix here in 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 melbourne in australia so beautifully learning beautiful things from different cultures so i do encourage women to uh, just learn from other 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 cultures mm. I love that you um put it out there too liliana about really encouraging other women to to seek help or guidance or because a lot of them tend to think, oh, I'm just going to do it by myself and not talk about it. So that's beautiful. And yes, we have so much to learn from other cultures. And that's why we were equally um, curious about what happens back home and, you know, where they're at at this, at this uh, really important subject. So we've come to the end of the podcast. It's been absolutely delightful um, hearing your feedback. Where can women connect with you and learn more about you and your beautiful shop, Casbonita? Oh, thank you for asking. So we are on uh, 80 Charles Street 7. It's in the inner west near Footscray. That's our shop. And uh, we also have our website www.casabonita.com.au. Beautiful. I, I must say, I, I think I, I did say it at the start, but I really would encourage um, any people based in Melbourne to take a beautiful drive out. It's such a lovely little community-based shopping strip. There's some beautiful places to eat and um, have coffee and obviously do a spot of shopping and definitely go and see your shop. Are you open um, most days of the week? Tuesday to Sunday. So Tuesday to Saturday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Sunday, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Uh, but we are, the, sh the shop is there, but we also have lots of events. So check our website. We have Beautiful. our What's On page. And you, many women can be connected to us through different activities and events. Lovely. Well, thank you for your time to let, uh, today, Liliana. It's been an absolute um, beautiful uh, time for us to share with you. Thank you so much for having me, Natalie and Lisa. And thank you for creating this space for women. Thanks again for sharing your time with us, learning how you can be your best energetic self no matter what life stage you are going through. Be sure to contact us if any of this content resonates with you. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on any of our future episodes. See you next time.